0: You're listening to Life and Leadership, A Conscious Journey, the podcast that shares wisdom and strength. Join your host, Dr. Michelle St. Jane's weekly conversation on how to have a positive impact for people, planet and the wider world. If you want to live a life of intention, be proactive with your time and bring your vision for the future to life one today at a time, you are in the right place at the right time. Let's get started.
1: Catalyst for strategic change, pivotal transformation and disruptive innovation. Full of passion, high energy and strategic systems knowledge. Marsha Dasko helps leaders challenge their thinking and achieve exponential growth and impact. She is a trusted strategic advisor and educator for executive teams, Fortune 500, private corporations, education, healthcare, the US Navy. She even helps local and global nonprofits. Marsha is helping leaders to pivot and navigate through crises, challenges, and significant growth. She's also the co-author of From Crises to Growth and best-selling author of Pivot, Disrupt, Transform. Marsha challenges leaders to think and act differently. And why not, as Marsha puts it, when the status quo no longer works, an insightful, strategic, contrarian perspective reigns. Marsha, I really enjoyed the deep wisdom and provocative thinking in your 2020 book, Pivot, Disrupt, Transform. Marsha, can you share what Pivot, Disrupt, Transform will do for you?
0: For so many people, it can be a variety of options. So I think that one thing it does is challenges people to think about their beliefs, assumptions, their practices, their habits and are those things happening for them so personally it helps them think about personal transformation and also if they're in a family on a team in an organization leading an organization how can they pivot to assess any impending challenges that they might may see on the horizon or anticipate And then also great leaders are always looking for new possibilities and opportunities. If they disrupt themselves and are constantly thinking about transformational change and continual improvement, then they will always be able to keep transforming. And that means they're having fun, doing hard work, but making a difference and having an impact in families, communities, organizations.
1: Well said. I thoroughly enjoyed reading your book and I liked the way it was provoking how I currently thought, encouraging me to challenge it. And also there was this beautiful influence of how can I think and interact differently, get out of my comfort zone, adopt new and different, more useful ways of communicating, collaborating, delivering meaningful value for not only in your home and your work, but also for society. There's just so much wisdom for sure. How did you come to write this? Because the timing was perfect, wasn't it?
0: (laughs) Yes, it came up on my crystal ball. (laughs) No, over time. And when I look back at my life, I have gone through so many personal transformations from being excruciatingly shy to now loving to be a guest on podcast, loving to grab that mic and share with an audience that everyone is a natural leader and they can lead with their passion and they can also make a difference they never thought about before. So many leaders are struggling and declining and being so overwhelmed with challenges in a business, and they don't need to. Many, many, many leaders who are struggling, even before the pandemic, and some went out of business before the pandemic or the pandemic accelerated them going out of business, it's not because they needed to. It's because the fork in the road, they took the wrong path. They took the easy way. They took the management fads and best practices. And that created internal competition. It created dysfunctional, unhappy, unhealthy workplaces. And so if leaders take a look at what is my environment, what do my teams and my organization, what do they look like? Are we always struggling? Are we stressed? Are we overwhelmed? Are we fighting with each other? If all of these things are happening and the question is, are you getting the results that you want? If not you really need transformation you need a different way, a bold way, new beliefs, new assumptions, new practices. And that's created with a foundational philosophy of management. And so I wrote the book because over time, I learned about these concepts from my mentors. Over time, I was working working with small to large global organizations, and I was helping them apply. So you learn as you doing and making mistakes and what works, what doesn't. And then I would teach MBA classes or I would teach executive teams or boards of directors. All the concepts that I wanted to talk about and teach were not in one place. It was like my students would say, you expect us to read 10 books in 10 weeks? And I'm like, of course, I read five to 10 books a week. You know, that's nothing. But I wanted all the concepts in one place. That's why I wrote my book.
1: Oh, I really liked how you, part one was about what leaders should stop doing. And part two was about what they should start doing. And there were some great assessments and questions in there as well, for sure. And I agree with you. When I read your book, I was like, wow, everything is in one place. It's an easy read, it's well referenced, there's a bibliography, plenty of end notes, very recent research. You did an awesome job of getting everything in one place. And that's the beauty of experience, isn't it? I feel that there's such an opportunity for intergenerational collaborations between leaders. I certainly have been through the eighties, the nineties, the early noughties, and we had recessions in the Great Recession. We've had catastrophic failures. We've had Y2K. I bet a lot of people don't even know what that is anymore. <laughs> we had the SARS epidemic. Now we have this pandemic. You know, We have all this experience and we've also had the opportunity to learn how to pivot or how to disrupt or how to transform. And I really like the way that you brought all three into the one place because it's like a dance. Cha-cha-cha. Pivot, disrupt, transform. Cha-cha-cha. Let's keep moving. And if we can stay moving as opposed to frozen in fear or in flight, we can turn back on our creativity and our bodies can also be moving. We're not all stuck in place thinking, oh, who's going to get the chop next? Well, I put it this way. If you're made redundant, it's called redirection. If your job is no longer available, then time to reskill and redirect your energies, maybe to some place you would really like to be where you're part of the sustained growth of the company and an agile company as well, for sure.
0: Definitely. Yes, because even when we thought about the people that lost jobs or their hours were cut, there were many companies and industries that were overwhelmed, whether it was the distribution companies, the companies that then had to supply the PPE, the gowns and the masks and the ventilators. So that's why Ford and General Motors made such a pivot, because they typically are being manufacturing cars, they pivoted and produced more than 100,000 ventilators because society needed them. And that still is going on. And we have to always look, what does society need? What does our company need? What do our customers need? How can we create new markets?
1: Oh, absolutely. And I was very taken by your formula for effective change, dissatisfaction, readiness, vision, next steps, and integration. Would you explain to my audience how this formula comes together?
0: Certainly. So we know that mere change is not enough. There's more than transactional change. It's like going from A to B and we know where A and B is. Like we want to go from Los Angeles to New York. But when there's transformational change, that takes the whole new level of thinking. So the change formula, which is you have step number one is dissatisfaction. So if you have a customer that needs help and you can see it, but they can't quite see it, they just know there are issues, but they don't want to really make a change. People are resistant to change or actually they're resistant to being changed. If you increase the level of their dissatisfaction in conversation and actions and so forth, then you get their ear. Then through that conversation, you're doing some education, some teaching, asking questions, getting them to reflect about that dissatisfaction. That's getting them ready for a change. Then you talk more about the vision, step three. What is the vision of where could they be? What could they be doing? How could things be different? That's, you're really giving them the hope. And then once they start seeing that vision as well, Then you can say, okay, well, Let's take a few steps. So that's next steps, a few things improving, growing, helping them see that there is great potential for a better vision, and then integration. So that's when you do a lot of steps and it gets better and better, and then you can integrate it into the whole. I use an example of a child riding a bicycle. Let's say there's two brothers. One rides the bicycle really well because he's eight years old, and the little one is only five and he wants to go with his brother and friends to the park but he can't because he can't ride so he's got the dissatisfaction he goes to his dad and says will you help me learn how to ride the bike that's getting ready then his vision is i'm gonna ride to the park with the other kids the next steps is he's on the bike wobbling around trying to steer and brake and so forth and then He gets all those pieces together about the steering, the braking, and he integrates those steps. And next, he can jump on his bicycle and go off to the park with his big brother and the friends.
1: Well, is leadership not just like riding a bike? You get into these positions and you've got to figure out how to manage crises and people and childcare and all the rest of it. So the bike is a good analogy for sure. So I would really appreciate you speaking to the Deming philosophy of transformation leadership, your mentor. Okay.
0: So when I first went to Dr. Deming's Four-day seminar, the first one of twenty that I attended. He was using words that I was not familiar with, so I'm thinking systems, variation, system of profound knowledge. What is this all about? So I began studying, studying, studying. Working with another mentors, Dr. Perry Luckman and Dr. Deming and Perry were friends. So Dr. Deming taught the system of profound knowledge, which is systems thinking, theory of variation, theory of psychology how people learn and think and so forth. And theory of knowledge, how do they plan using his model of the PDSA, plan, do, study, act, and do it over and over and over again. And it's another model that can easily be applied to life. Like when every year you plan a vacation, you take it You study, you say, oh, did we like that place? Do you want to go back? Or no, that wasn't so good. We'll go someplace else. And then act. You integrate in what you like, what you don't like. So those four parts of Dr. Deming's thinking is really about systems, making better decisions, understanding people, and planning how you're going to optimize the whole system. I add to that communication as a system because there are leaders who have that kind of knowledge that can learn, but they really need to communicate it. And I think that as I've looked at all of my clients over 25 plus years and have helped them with their transformation efforts, communication was key. Creating a compelling aim, communicating it so people understand it, making sure that they have the methods and strategies to do their work, that they understand the customers by listening, not going in with a PowerPoint deck and saying, we're selling all these things, but instead that they really can focus on listening to the customers once, seeing also what they need and having a conversation for that. And then how do you measure progress and success? So many organizations and leaders look at the bottom line and the bottom line is not where all of the improvement and innovation occurs. That's why it's important to look at the measures up to that as well. So there's so much to learn, but it's really exciting.
1: Yeah, great point. I really like the way that you brought variation and I will add some of these words to the glossary because you're quite right. I'm sure at your first uh, of your 20 seminars, you were like, what are all these words? And as I used to tell my law students, law has its own language. Insurance has its own language. Germany has its own language. Doctors have their own language. Grab yourself a dictionary in the language you're going to step into to learn about. It's a really good point. Also measurement, you make another really valuable point around measurement because i often wonder why we celebrate the sacred money market based on gdp GDP is not a good measurement of all the things that society values. It may be a good measurement for leadership that only has the bottom line on their mind. But really, if you're not balancing that sacred money market, as David Corton calls it, with the health of people and planet, and I would add the outer planetary cosmos as well, you may not actually be delivering a value that is worthwhile, particularly if you're killing the planet or people are dying from what you're providing. You can make a whole lot of money out of doing things that are not necessarily good. But if we're only focused on the bottom line, we're creating this sacred money market at the expense of people, planet and the outer cosmos. So I really appreciated what you had in your book around variation for sure. Now working virtually remotely, and we may be continuing and there may actually be an upswell of people who would really prefer not to be working in an office building. So how do you lead during a pandemic? How do you lead during the pandemic? Or at times where the pandemic might rise again or, you know, the changes, the novel risks and the novel outcomes of this pandemic may be creating opportunities to lead differently. Certainly the ability to work remotely and virtual has certainly been a tough pivot, but I think it's been a blessing for people taking the hours of commute out, the hours of business travel. We've had the technology to be virtual. It's now very well utilized. So how would you during yes a pandemic or the aftertimes of a pandemic.
0: I think that we have learned so many lessons and innovation has taken off because of it. I think every day I read more and more stories and see more statistics about the lessons. And I read yesterday that only 12% of the people want to go back to the office for full time. 53% would go back hybrid. So maybe a couple days a week and the rest, they just want to stay at home. And I read that they were interviewing some CEOs and the CEO said, I don't plan to go back. (laughs) And so there goes leadership. The thing is, we learn how to communicate differently and it takes accelerated leadership, a new kind of leadership to really lead people through this and out of this pandemic because people really needed to take care of each other. They needed to take better care of themselves, their families. 25% of women in America left the workforce in the past year. So what is that saying? And the stories I've heard about women leaving that workforce and families getting closer. I, I know it's had the negative impacts and mental health and abusive relationships and so forth. I'm not downplaying that at all. That's horrible. But there have been many positive things that have come out. Families have gotten closer. Like you mentioned, the commute time. We used to be sitting out here on the freeways. I wouldn't even go out in the traffic when I could avoid it, but from 3 p.m. to 8 p.m., we had bumper-to-bumper traffic from San Francisco to south of San Jose. That's just a huge area. That could be a two-hour commute for some people, each way. And so, yes, I think there have been many devastating factors from this pandemic, but many, many great lessons, innovations and so forth that have come out too. When organizations were stuck, they could have done things, but they didn't. This pandemic was a kick in the butt. It created telemedicine so people could get on the computer or the phone, or they could talk to the doctors there, you know, in non-emergency issues. They didn't need to go into the hospital or to the doctor's office, the remote schooling is another Great opportunity. Yes, there are some negatives and it has to be managed. It has to be created as an education system. But we learned a lot from that. We learned that there are many possibilities with virtual education. Not everything has to be face to face. With little kids, it's different. But with university students or graduate students who have worked all day and then have to race to a classroom at night, Many times they don't have to go sit in a classroom to be able to see the professor. There are so many fantastic things that have come out of this, many learnings.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So let's pull that crystal ball out again. So we're well into 2021. Where do you see us going in the next one to five years? Anything standing out for you? Any thoughts?
0: Especially in the U.S., we're really stepping up the vaccination and now more countries are getting vaccinated. So I think now is the time where we require some new leadership thinking. Leaders are going to have to pivot their thinking now as they prepare to come out of this because everything is changing. It's like coming out of a a cave and seeing, you know, after the bomb went off and finding what's still here, like driving down the street, going to a city, going to an airport, what survived. Then it's about creating the future, creating a new future. The question will be for everyone, what do we want our life going forward to look like? What do we want society to look like? What do we want this industry to look like?
1: If you could have it all your way, what will we lean into in 2021-22?
0: Much, much more creativity. So really... Creating the environment for people to have more conversations and focus on creativity and across all generations, whether it's children and teachers and executives, get them together and have conversations and think about what's possible. Of course, the big word is diversity, but more diversity across everything with ages and and different industries, talking to other industries, because we saw that we could be more helpful to each other through this. So the crystal ball in the next year or two would show that we don't go back, try to find a new normal. We think about what are the lessons that we did learn and let's apply those going forward. I've been saying pivotal leadership and the more creative people can be, the more impact to make a difference. So we'll tackle those big issues. As a system, we'll tackle education. I think education is one of the most important root causes. We've got to invest in education. And then, of course, our environment, uh, our climate, we've got to take on the big, big issues, and we've got to work together. So we have so much work to do, and we have so much potential If we collaborate across communities, organizations, countries, the more that we do that way, the more powerful we can be as far as creating a healthy life. One that we want to be proud of. One that we want to create a legacy and look back after 70, 80, 90 years and say, we made a difference. We did a good thing. We tried to help. We tried to serve.
1: Just turning up and having the conversation, the quiet of the quarantine last year led me out of the corporate world and into conversation and on my virtual podium called this podcast. And I have done a doctorate in global leadership and realized one of the critical issues was lack of real conversation, the opportunity to have a conversation where you can actively listen and you can also authentically share your thoughts without fear of something happening because you didn't agree with the status quo. I totally concur with you on the conversations because we do not realize how much we are habituated into what is a conditioned normal. It is not necessarily who we are or how we wish to contribute in the world. So yeah, conversations. Yep, I'm a conversations catalyst. And one of my bottom lines with this podcast is to be inclusive of less discussed conversations. So I really appreciate your contributions and you offer services and you show up in many different different ways. Would you like to share with the audience how you could serve them?
0: So I love having conversations with people. And one point I wanted to make too is while I'm out there on social media, I like to go deeper. I mean, Clubhouse is new and it's like a minute or two conversations here and there, but deep conversations are what it's going to take to really help us focus together on the issues that we face in society. So I love to speak to audiences virtually and in person that need help thinking different to get different results. So that is something that I'm really focused on. Is getting- I call it your
1: super genius.
0: Getting out in front of as many people as I can to have conversations and help them interactively think about where they might be stuck and how I can help them transform to go to new levels and make the difference they want to make and that make the difference we need as a communities and societies and families. I think everything is so interconnected now and families, education system, and then growing into healthy work environments and healthy communities we need those things so as much as possible i want to be out there speaking on stage or virtually facilitating executive retreats having some of the tough conversations
1: well i appreciate your presence in the world marcia and i will have all of your information in the show notes so that people can connect with you and i really appreciate you having generously gifted your time to be here with me today thank you
0: Thank you so much. This is so much fun. I'm so happy to have met you. Dr. Michelle St. Jane is a conscious steward of meaningful leadership in the world and the wider cosmos. Tune in every Thursday for real talk around life, leadership, and your conscious journey. Be ready to create and cultivate your dreams and soul-hearted desires. Your support is valued. Please subscribe. Leave a review and a rating, but more importantly, share with
1: your connections.